Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. There are loads of ways to support this podcast. Many of you who have left reviews, many of you have shared this podcast with your friends and family, but we've created another way for you to support this podcast by making a monetary financial contribution. You can choose from a one-time contribution or making a small monthly contribution to continue to make disorderly dogs possible. You can learn more at the link in the show notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so glad to have you here today. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about some things to consider as we approach the holiday season. I think that a lot of us are taking our dogs places, maybe family gatherings, maybe there's lots of people, maybe there's other dogs there. And I think that there's a lot of variables that we can consider to set our dogs up for success, right? Um, oftentimes, <laughs> come the new year, I have new clients because their dogs had issues at family gatherings. So I would really like to prevent that from being you. But before I jump into today's episode, I wanted just to catch you up on a few things. So One, I hope that you enjoyed the Toy Play episode with Steph. Such a fun episode to record. I just adore her, and she is a wonderful trainer. So if you have a dog who is into toys, that is an episode that's definitely worth listening to. If you follow me over on the gram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you may have seen that I am officially working on a body language course. I do so much body language content over on the Instagram, and I love that. I'm not going to stop doing that, but what I'm going to do is take basically everything that I've I've done on Instagram in the body language learning department and I'm going to condense it into a course so that it's a little bit easier to absorb and then that way you have more of a foundation instead of sometimes things being out of context. So I'm working on that right now. If that sounds like something that you'd be into, you'd like to learn more, uh, we do have a waitlist going for that. Um, the waitlist, once you sign up for the waitlist, I've got just two emails with lots of different um, further education on body language. So yeah, if you're into body language and you'd like to learn more about that, you can join the waitlist. And I'm really looking forward to this course. It has been extremely, extremely fulfilling for me to create all of this content because I am obsessed with dog body language and it's something that I feel like I'm, I'm always learning more about. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that all with you. So enough about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> Let's talk about your dog. Let's take, talk about the holidays. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to my amazing client, Ellen, who is actually the inspiration for today's podcast episode. She sent me a message over on Facebook and she was like, hey, do you have content for people for holiday gatherings and dogs? I was like, you know what? That would make an awesome podcast episode. So thank you, Ellen. Um, give Angel some smooches for me. Okay, so I want to talk about some things you can do to prepare for the holidays, right? So many of you live in Colorado, like I do in other places in the US, and there is all these crazy headlines about a mystery respiratory illness in dogs. And I think because that is going around, a lot of us are changing our plans 
for our dogs and maybe we're not boarding them like we would otherwise and maybe they are coming <laughs> to holiday gatherings with us and I want to just help set y'all for up for success. So I think that the thing that is the most important is honestly just to know your dog. Okay, know your dog's preferences, know how your dog responds under certain conditions, how your dog responds in small spaces with other dogs, how your dog responds in small spaces with maybe strangers or or kids or people that they don't know super well. Because the more you know your dog, the easier it is to set them up for success. In today's episode, I'm going to give you some specific uh, examples for my dogs, Waylon and Spicy just to give you a little bit more of a framework, but nothing is more important than knowing your dog and doing your best to set them up for success. Okay. And I think that something that can be really difficult this time of year can be putting our dogs in situations where we're asking too much of them. And I want to encourage you to do your best not to put your dog in a situation that they just absolutely cannot handle. Okay, so I know that many of you listening and many of you who I have worked with one-on-one have dogs who struggle with stranger danger, struggle with other dogs, and I already know that y'all are like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to ask that of my dog. So I just want to give some kudos to all of you who know that your dog can't be successful under certain conditions and you're making other plans, yeah, because I know that sometimes that's hard to deal with. Okay, so when we're talking about the holiday preparations... I want you to understand the impact of routine changes and location changes for your dogs, right? So some dogs, it's really easy because they're not horribly impacted by location changes. So for example, um, we're really spoiled, right? Where we live here in Colorado, both my husband and I are born and raised in Colorado. So all of our family lives here. <laughs> so it's really easy because when we do a location change, right? Like we take Waylon and Spicy with us to my mom's house or my husband's mom's house. It's not a huge change because they've been there a lot of times. Okay. But if your dog hasn't been to certain places, right? Like maybe you live out of state, Uh, your family lives out of state and you're traveling to see them and your dog is going to be there with you, I want you just to acknowledge that a location change can throw a wrench into things. And what happens is that we might start to see more behaviors from our dogs that we've never seen before just because we haven't put them under those conditions, right? So I do just want you to understand that there is an impact, right, to the routine changes. A lot of um, our dogs are on a pretty good routine, right? We do similar things every day. They know what to anticipate. And when we change that routine and we go somewhere else and there's all these other things going on, that can be difficult for dogs. Not all dogs, okay? Like, honestly, because my dogs go so so many places, we travel, we've stayed with lots of people, we go to our friends and family's houses a lot and they come. It's not terribly stressful, but we're going to get to in a minute a few things that I notice in the stress department when holidays come around and there are routine changes in their location changes changes, right? So that kind of circles back to knowing your dog, right? Because if you know that your dog struggles when the routines change, you know that your dog struggles in location changes, that makes it so that you can do things a little bit differently to make life easier for your dog and in turn for you, okay? So something that I think is really important to do is just try and be as proactive as you possibly can, 
Okay, so I want to give you an example of this. So for Thanksgiving, we celebrated at my mom's house. And again, the location change, not really a big variable for my dogs. They've been there lots of times. They love it. But we had a lot of people there. I think that there ended up being almost 20 of us, right? And while both my dogs are very social, they know most of the people at the gathering, Waylon can be overstimulated by big gatherings. And the reason that he can be overstimulated is because that he gets like really, really pumped when people ring the doorbell, come indoors, go outdoors. All of that is very stimulating for him, right? So something I did proactively for Waylon is that I gave him one of his behavior meds two hours before everyone was going to arrive. And that did not sedate Waylon. <laughs> that did not make him a zombie. What it did is it gave him just a little extra chemical support in the brain to behave in a little bit more desirable way when people were coming and going. And it worked beautifully, right? Waylon was very happy to see everyone. He still was like his silly, over-enthusiastic self, but it wasn't as intense, right? He wasn't barking as much. He didn't jump on anyone. He didn't knock anyone over. So it was a win, right? So that's something I did proactively to make sure that Waylon could be successful. And everyone, I am not a veterinarian, right? So if you are considering using behavior meds for your dog, this is something you need to consult with your veterinarian again, uh, your veterinarian or a veterinary behaviorist about. But if you think that the routine change or the location change that you're anticipating your dog to endure during the holidays, I really want to encourage you to use things to make that easier, right? Something I did for Spicy is I just gave her a little extra CBD with breakfast. Again, neither of my dogs struggled too much, but they both can be overly excited when there's a lot of people around and it worked beautifully. Okay. So I want you to really proactively think about how you can set your dog up for success. So if you are going to be traveling or maybe you're going to have guests and maybe those guests have dogs and your dog and those dogs are going to share space, they're going to be in a house together, whether you're staying there, or you're just going there for the day. I think it's really important to acknowledge the social dynamics that can lead to some conflict between dogs, right? So something that we did at my mom's house, right? So my mom has a dog, Jasmine. Many of you know this. And my brother has a dog, Luna. So it was the four, her, their two dogs and my two dogs. And we're really lucky that they have a fenced-in backyard and they were able to be outside a lot, right? But not always. They had to be inside sometimes. And these dogs know each other really well and were really cautious. But I want you to think about how can we alleviate some of the conflicts that may arise between your dog and dogs they may be staying with, right? So I think that when we're talking about initial introductions with dogs, I really, I don't, I try to discourage that from happening at the front door right when you come in, right? Because if you come in with your dog and then these dogs that they don't know come in, that can be a lot of pressure, okay? And that can lead to conflict between dogs. So my suggestion is if you were taking your dog somewhere where they're going to be with new dogs, I love doing a leashed parallel walk, right? Like let's just go for a walk together, take it slow, start with some distance, let the dogs be sniffing, not so focused on each other, and you can take it slow to the introduction. So by the time you get into the house, they have already crossed that bridge. They have already done that initial intro, right? Do they know each other super well yet? No, but at least they've been able 
able to do that initial intro. Alternatively, I think doing that in a backyard can work for dogs who on leash greetings or leashed interactions aren't going to be wildly successful. But I really want you to think about trying to manage that initial intro between your dog and the other dog. Additionally, if your dog struggles with people they don't know, same thing. Take that introduction slow. Don't just expect them to accept people right from the get, okay? And, you know, when we're in houses together, there is less physical space. Less physical space makes it harder for dogs to diffuse tensions that may arise between them or between your dog and a human, right? So I want you just to be really cautious of space, spatial awareness, right? And that might not be that you do anything proactively except for you just watch and you acknowledge what's happening, right? And when it comes to dog sharing space in a house, something else you want to be really cautious of is resources, okay? Where are their toys? Is there a dog food bowl down? Where are their treats? Because oftentimes dogs who don't know each other very well are a little bit more likely to guard resources from each other. And if it's in an enclosed space and people are not paying attention, it could potentially escalate. So I want you just to be really proactive of trying to manage the environment as much as you can. So to circle back to my Thanksgiving example, there are no food bowls down, right? We don't leave food bowls down. Our dogs do not resource guard toys. Again, they know each other really well, so that makes it easier. But something that I definitely know specifically about Waylon is that if he's sharing space with a new dog, he is much more likely to guard certain items. So usually it's food items, right? And we're just really cautious about not asking him to keep it together like that, right? So I think that picking up toys, picking up bones, picking up food bowls are all things that you can do proactively just to make sure that there's not going to be conflict between dogs, okay? And I, I think also something else to consider is how can you manage the environment if the dogs maybe need a break from each other, right? So I think a lot of times we just assume like okay the first greeting went fine now they can just like run around the house together and they're going to be just fine and sometimes they are okay sometimes they are but I think that sometimes our dogs also need breaks right so is there a baby gate in the house that we can use is your dog crate trained is there a crate that maybe we could give them a break right so I think that having a contingency plan just in case the dogs don't get along and maybe they need some breaks and maybe we need to separate them is super duper important okay Something that is also very important when we're talking about the dynamics of having our dogs at at the holidays, right, wherever those are happening, is that sometimes there are opportunities that they wouldn't get otherwise that maybe they would practice a behavior we don't want to see. So an example of this, as many of you know, Waylon is an infamous counter surfer and we have to be really, really proactive about making sure he doesn't have opportunities to sneak things off of the counter. And I mean, spicy also, we have to be careful. This is not just Waylon. So on Thanksgiving, right, we had to be really proactive of, we kind of did it buffet style, right? So there were tables of food and I was really proactive about making sure that while everyone was sitting down to eat, Waylon did not have free access 
us to go and get into mischief, right? For Waylon, it's really easy because he already has a long history of while we're all sitting down and eating, he lies down at my feet and he just kind of hangs out and he realizes that that is where he needs to be. Spicy is not as good as that. So honestly, what we used is we put up a baby gate, (laughs) right? So that the dogs couldn't get in there. So I think that you also want to be really proactive about not giving your dogs opportunities to counter surf or to get into items that one, we don't want them to eat, right? And two, that could potentially be toxic. So your dogs probably need a little bit more proactive management in that department, right? If you're lucky and your dog is not really into counter surfing or those kinds of things, lucky you. But you'd be surprised, right? Even some dogs you think wouldn't do it. So I want to give you another example. So my mom's dog, Jasmine, is not a terribly food motivated dog. And honestly, she's not really a scavenger. Like when we're out on hikes, she's not eating gross shit like my two dogs are, right? Like she really is. She's not necessarily that dog. But I will tell you that on Thanksgiving, I saw her think about it, right? I saw her like put her paws up on the counter and be like, hmm, what's up here, right? So even if your dog doesn't have a history of this, I think that you still need to be proactive, right? And I think something else that's important here is acknowledging what food items are safe to share with your dog, right? So many of you know, Waylon had quite an escapade recently and he has damaged kidneys and we're having to be really, really careful about what he eats, right? So be really careful around the holidays about making sure that your dog doesn't have access to things that could be toxic, right? Grapes, really not good for dogs. Chocolate, really bad for dogs. Anything that has a lot of fat, not super great for your dog. So I think just be really cognizant about things that are are and are not safe to share with your dog. Okay. I think something else that's really important, especially if you're going to be in a house with your dog and there's going to be lots of people, just make sure that your dog has updated contact information on their collar, right? Make sure they have a tag on. So hopefully you don't have to worry about it. Hopefully they don't get out. But, you know, people who may be coming to the family gathering who maybe aren't dog people, maybe don't know to be as proactive about making sure that doors and gates are closed, right? And this is something we have to be really careful about at my mom's house because Jasmine is a bolter. She thinks bolting out the front door and then like going on an escapade in the neighborhood is super great. So we're really, really cautious about making sure that one, obviously she has a collar on with updated contact information. And something else my mom does just to be proactive is she she has just a six foot leash dragging on Jasmine while everybody is arriving just to make sure if she got out, we have that leash and it's a little bit easier to get her, right? So I think that we need to be proactive about making sure that the environment and humans are as much on board as we possibly can be to keep the dogs from bolting out the front door. Okay, so I want to talk about some training behaviors, right? Trained behaviors that you could be brushing up on or maybe teaching in anticipation of this holiday season, right? So a skill that I really love to teach is a go say hi cue. And this is really for the dogs who kind of on both sides of the spectrum, maybe don't love new people or maybe love new people too much and will jump and be crazy. And obviously, you know that my two dogs fall in the too excited and will jump and be crazy. And go say hi basically is a train skill where we teach the dog to go and interact with the person. Oftentimes, we use a nose touch for this, right? So go and touch the person's hand and then return back to me for a food reinforcement. 
And how I use this practically is so that my dogs have an opportunity to go and interact with the person in a little bit more productive way so that they can move through their excitement. Thankfully, once my dogs are kind of over their excitement, then they're not jumping and they don't need my help in that way. But I think a go say hi cue is a really lovely way for our dogs to go and interact with guests in a more productive way. And then that way they can move through some of their excitement. So hopefully they can calm down and they don't need you as much. So go say hi is a very valuable trained skill and one that you may consider training for this holiday season. Stationing is another very, very valuable trained skill that is super helpful, especially for family gatherings inside of houses. So stationing is basically go lay down on a specific location and stay there. And this is something that I definitely used with both of my dogs on Thanksgiving, right? So like I mentioned, we had a buffet, we had it like buffet style. And while everyone was getting their plates, I had my dogs lay down in station. So they weren't underfoot. They weren't trying to investigate what everyone was getting, right? I just had them stay out of the way. Stationing is a very versatile skill that I think will have a lot of practical applications, especially as we're talking about the holiday season, right? So definitely a skill I think that is worth teaching. When we're talking about the stationing, something that I want you to really consider is the duration of time that you might need them to stay on their station and include that in your training sessions in preparation of this, right? So Waylon has a very long history of this behavior. He will station for honestly, as long as I want him to. (laughs) He's great at this. This is a very valuable skill. Spicy, it's still a new skill. She's still an adolescent. So something I really had to focus on with Spicy was keeping a little bit higher rate of reinforcement for her maintaining than Waylon needed, right? So Waylon, because he is almost seven and he has a lot of reinforcement history for this behavior, I can ask him to go in station and tell him to stay there and he doesn't need reinforcement right? He gets it. He can just stay there. Spicy though does need reinforcement, right? She needs more help staying there because if not, she will get up and be like, no, I think I'm done. I'm going to meander around and be in the way, right? So stationing is one of those that great behavior to teach, but something you want to continue to build into the skill set is being able to maintain that behavior for a pretty good duration of time right? The third behavior is leave it, right? Meaning do not go for the thing that you are going for. If you have dogs like me who are scavengers and opportunists and will get on counters and go for items that they shouldn't, the leave it is a very, very valuable skill and one that I used multiple times on Thanksgiving. Spicy is getting a little bit more brave and thinking like, hey, you're eating there. Maybe I'll just stick my nose (laughs) right up next to your plate and see what's going on there. And that's not something that I'm in love with her doing to me in particular, but obviously not to my family or our guests on Thanksgiving. So I did use leave it multiple times when I saw her kind of like getting a little bit more interested than I wanted her to be. And she was great about responding and defaulting back to me, right? So I think that leave it is another really, really valuable skill because I really think that if your dog has a go say hi, a stationing behavior and a leave it, all of those can be generalized and used kind of depending on the scenario of the the holiday gathering that you all are attending together. I just want to echo that if you know your dog is not going to be successful in that environment, 
don't take them. It's fine. Just leave them at home, right? I think that leaving your dog with some really great enrichment at home, maybe a stuffed Kong, maybe a cardboard box to shred, maybe a bully stick, right? It's totally acceptable to leave your dog at home. But I know that many of you have the luxury of having friends and family that do like dogs and maybe your dog already gets along with their dogs, right? And that's great. And I want you to be able to bring them. But if that's not you and that's not your dog, totally fine just to leave them at home. Because I think something else we have to acknowledge is that our dogs being a part of the holidays do just add another variable, right? And sometimes that can lead to a little bit more stress. And like I was saying with Waylon, right? Last it was two years ago on Thanksgiving. Waylon was particularly bad, right? Just he wasn't really bad. He was just himself, but it was just hard for me to deal with, right? He was barking a lot. He was jumping. He was just like all excited. He just couldn't contain his excitement. And that was stressful for me, right? Like holiday gatherings can already be kind of stressful, right? Like I love my family, but sometimes it's like, you know, everybody being together can be a little stressful. And if you think that your dog being there is going to add to your stress level and you're just not sure that you have the bandwidth for that, it's okay. You can just leave them at home. And like I was saying, behavior meds can be very helpful for just making everyone's life a little bit easier. So everyone, I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that you are looking forward to this holiday season. If you are not, it will be over soon. All right, everyone have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.